Good morning, everybody. My name is Dan Kubish. I am the children's pastor here at New Spring Church, and I'm thrilled to be with you today. Usually, I'm down there with the kids, and I love that. And uh, But in your worship folder today, you saw a little diagram of some, some new children's space. And we want to tell you just a little bit about that. There will be more upcoming uh, pictures and elevations of this, and Pastor Mark will be telling you more about it and, and asking you how to be involved in this. But that building right there is about 20,000 square feet of additional kids' space uh, for our preschool department, and we're really excited about that. There's a place for the second uh, two-year-olds, threes, fours, and kindergarten. The new uh, theater will be uh, almost twice the size of what we have now for our kids and we are really, really excited about this, what God is going to do through this building. Because us, at, we at New Spring, it's about bringing more people to Christ. We are just not satisfied with us four and no more. Uh, we want more people to come to Christ, more people to come to our church. Only 25% of kids in Wichita go to church on a regular basis. So there's a whole bunch, even though today we'll probably have six, 700 kids show up on the spring break weekend. And that's a lot of kids when you think the average church in America is 100 you know, but we still need more space. But this is who we are as a church, reaching out to families in the community and telling them about Christ's love. And so we want to let you know about this building. Uh, a couple of things that you might not be able to see if you're like me, even with bifocals. But down there in the corner, it says lobby in that area down there. Uh, back here where the four-year-old room now is, will be turned into a check-in station, an area for all of Kids World. And so we're going to be asking the people that have kids to park around back. There's new parking being put in and there'll be three main big doors coming into that there'll be a coffee shop and uh, lots of check-in stations and then from there you can easily go to the new preschool wing or over here to 252 we'll be tearing out this whole wall over here where uh, venture avenue theater is now and that'll become a 23 foot hallway around to the back and uh, the cool thing is ladies and you better get excited about this last night the ladies i didn't have to prompt them but at 9.15, I know how kids are. Some of you have only been awake for about 35 minutes. So I'm giving you heads up, ladies. Uh, there, there, down there in the corner, bottom right-hand corner of your paper, you see a whole new set of restroom pods that will be double the amount of what we have now. And so, you know, you can go in there and whatever you do, rotate your tires, whatever it takes you that long. There's more bathrooms to do it in. And so we're excited about that. It'll give a nice big pot of restrooms for the ladies and for the men. It'll be two family restrooms. But we're really excited about this. And we want you to pray uh, for God's help in this. We are planning to start construction, Lord willing, in April. And Lord willing, uh, the contractor told us they think they can get it knocked out by December. So we're excited about that. Are you excited? Come on, let's hear you. Well, be excited about Lance. Thank you, Lance. All right, thank you, Dan. Hey, we're glad you guys are here this morning, and uh, we are going to talk about something that uh, we all have in common, and uh, it's just this simple. Why do we come to church? Let, why don't you just yell something at me? We'll, we'll kind of do this little wake-up exercise. You know, not, I, I don't think I'm awake before like 11 o'clock, so I'm kind of in this half-sleepy stupor still, you know what I'm saying? So you just holler at me, why do you come to church? Go ahead. To worship, to fellowship, to praise God, I heard over here. Somebody up in the balcony with a big voice. To serve, good. How about over here? You guys wait. To learn, good. Anybody else? Down in here. In the back. Back there where you guys trying to hide from me. Why do you come to church? For the kids. That sounded like the preschool director, Carla Stinson, right there. 
It is Carla. <laughs> Busted. That's great. That is awesome. Why do we come to church? You know, church is something, or the, the idea of a weekly gathering or, or a frequent gathering of followers of God is not a new thing. We didn't just stumble upon this idea here recently in the last few hundred years and go, hey, wouldn't this be cool if we all got together and kind of hung out for a little while? It's actually something God followers have been doing for really all the way back into the Old Testament of the Bible. If you go all the way back, in fact, into the book of Leviticus, which we don't get into just real often, because if you read through it during Odyssey 08, you know it can get a little tedious. But there are also some really interesting things that are going on in there. God lays out a way for his people to worship him. Now, I've got to be real honest with you before we go too much further in this talk. I'm glad that I live now and not back then. Okay, so I'm just very, very grateful that God allowed me to be born in an era where we've already seen Jesus die on the cross. We know that our, our sins have been paid for, and we know how to access that. But these guys who were born before Jesus came to this earth had one way to express their worship, and that was through sacrifice. Now, we don't, we don't talk about that too much in our culture, and that's, that's probably understandable. But God set, set aside certain rules, certain ways, qualifications, and requirements for his people, his followers, to worship him. I challenge you sometime, look in the book of Leviticus, especially, about, I think, the first seven chapters. Kind of get into some detail how God wants his people to respond to him. It was through sacrifices. Now, sacrifices all pointed to one thing. They all pointed to Jesus Christ giving his sacrifice of himself on the cross. So once he did that, sacrifices stopped. And like I said, I'm really glad I'm on this side of the cross and not that side of the cross. But I want to take you to a passage of Scripture today that talks about the fact that we still have the opportunity to sacrifice when we come together in a, in a public setting, in a corporate setting, we have the opportunity to sacrifice. I want you to look with me, if you would, at Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 10. Last night I said Hebrews chapter 1, and apparently there is no verse 15 and 16 in Hebrews chapter 1, and it was just all a mess. Hebrews 13. Okay, look with me, if you would. You got a Bible in front of you there in that pew? I think it's a really good thing to get that Bible out. Especially if I get off track, you can at least read the Bible and get something out of it this morning. All right? Hebrews chapter 13. It's on page 929 in those pew Bibles in front of you. And let's read this together. It says, We have an altar from which the priests in the tabernacle have no right to eat. Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin. And the bodies of the animals were burned outside the camp. So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. So let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace he bore. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Here we go, verse 15. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God proclaiming our allegiance to his name. I'm going to go back and read that part again. Let, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. I'm going to go on. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. Look at this next part. These are the sacrifices that please God. So we, a lot of times we think sacrifices is something they did way back in the day, right? This passage is telling us that sacrifices are right here for us to do 
to honor God. Now, what was the second one? Let's start with the second one and work our way back. It says, don't forget to do good and to help those in need. Hasn't that been what this series has been about? Say yes. Mark talked about saying yes to generosity, saying yes to serving other people, saying yes to compassion, saying yes to staying even when it's difficult. These are ways that we express our love for God. These are ways that we worship. These are ways that we sacrifice and we say, God, you mean so much more to me than anything else. That's the second way. The first way is what I want to talk about today. It says, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God. Now, I want to break this up a little bit because it says we're, that, the, that the sacrifice of praise to God is proclaiming allegiance to his name. Proclaiming allegiance to his name. What does it mean to proclaim? Just yell it out. Say something. What does it mean to proclaim? To shout, okay, somebody else, that's good. This is interactive. It's kind of like we're a small classroom. There's just like 900 of us, okay? All right, somebody else, proclaim. What does it mean? To say, let me ask you this. Does it mean to whisper? No, it doesn't, right? You wouldn't go to somebody and say, hey, I need to proclaim something to you. Yeah, we just don't do that. That's stupid, right? Proclaim, you know, you kind of got that picture uh, back, you know, back in the colonial era in America. If they wanted to make something public, this dude would step out on like the steps of a public building, right? And he'd unroll the, the little parchment deal, and you've seen him with his cool little triangular hat, you know, and hear ye, hear ye. What's he doing? He's proclaiming, right? In other words, it's a public thing. It's a very public thing, proclaiming allegiance to his name. Now, let's take the second word there, allegiance. We know that word. We've heard that word because we use it in our pledge quite a bit, right? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States. Allegiance, what does that mean? Somebody throw it out. Let's, I'll give you a chance. You're warming up now. Let's do it. What does allegiance mean? What? I heard loyalty, I think, down here. How about over here? You guys look particularly smart. Anything? Alliance, okay, good. Partnership? Dedication, now we're firing, Woohoo! How about up there in the corner? You got anything? No, I don't think they do. Okay, that's cool. Together, being together. Allegiance means you are completely dedicated and focused. You're, you're like intertwined with whatever you have allegiance to. That's why it's so cool when we pledge allegiance to the flag. What we're saying is, man, I am so totally committed to what my country stands for. That's why yeah, that's a pledge is considered a sign of a good citizen. Allegiance. Have you ever seen, uh, like on football, have you ever seen the Green Bay Packers play? Anybody in here Green Bay Packer fans? Do we have anybody? Right there. All right. One. Good. <laughs> but listen, Green Bay Packer fans have to be about the most loyal to their team that I've ever seen. Cause you watch them in a game, you know, it's like January. They're showing the, the, uh, the thermometer out there at the ball field, right? And it says negative three. And there are people, I don't know if you've seen this, there are people in the stands. There are these middle-aged men <laughs> that have this really big belly and they don't have a shirt on. And they're painted all green and yellow. And there's like a bunch of them standing side by side, and one of them has a G, and one of them has an R, and one of them has an E, and, and they're just so proud of the fact that they support their Packers. That's allegiance. They're making a public deal out of that, aren't they? 
I mean, there's probably some other things involved there, but you know, they're, they are really, really dedicated to their team. They have proclaimed allegiance to the Packers. Now, I'm not suggesting you come in here and, you know, you guys write Jesus across your belly or something. That would just get out of hand. Proclaiming allegiance to his name. How do we do that? How do we proclaim allegiance to his name? Well, there's a little hint of what we can do just before that in this verse. It says, let us offer a continual sacrifice of praise. In other words, when we praise God, what we are doing is we are publicly saying, I identify with Jesus Christ. I, am, I have allegiance to his name. That's why God has instituted praise. That's one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why God followers throughout the years have gathered together to praise. In fact, there's a whole book in the Bible called Psalms. All it is is a a book of songs. That's what Psalms means. And uh, so when you go to that that book, you know, and you're you're reading those, just imagine somebody singing that. that. It wasn't just like reading scripture, you know. Blessed is the man, but it's a song. And so they would sing these things, and they were praises. In fact, I did this kind of very non-academic search on BibleGateway.com. I put in the word praise and just searched in the book of Psalms, 187 references to the word praise just in that book alone. It's all about praising, declaring our allegiance to his name. Now, why am I telling you all this? It's not often that we get to talk about why we come here how we should interact when we come here. Because I believe that this is a powerful, powerful tool for you to experience God's power in your life. In fact, let me give you this verse. and I'm, I, I gave it at the end of the service last night, and I want to give it to you right now because I want you to think about it. Psalm 145, verse 18. Listen to this. It says, The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. So when we call on the name of the Lord, and I realize that can also mean in prayer, but I think it's taken right out of the book of Psalms. We're talking about praising. We're talking about this time when we're focused on him. The Bible says that God draws close to us. I'm going to take a bold step and say I believe that the reason all of us are here this morning is we want to experience the closeness of God. We want to experience God in our lives. Maybe Maybe this is the first time you've ever been in a church. Maybe you're not even exactly sure why you're here. But it's because God is drawing you to himself. He wants to be close in your life. We want to experience that. So how can we do that? Let's go back to our verse back in Hebrews chapter 13. It says, let us offer a continual sacrifice of praise. I got to thinking about that. The whole book of Hebrews was written to men and women who believed in Jesus, but they were Jews. Okay, And so what the writer of Hebrews was trying to communicate is, you know all of the stuff that you did in the Old Testament time period, all these things that you've been taught that you do? These things were just patterns. These things were examples. And, some, and, and the Hebrews even refers one place, it was a shadow of the things to come. Okay? You following with me? So sacrifices in the Old Testament were a shadow, they were a pattern of things to come. So here's what I'd like to do today. I'd like for us to just really quickly talk about some general uh, features of a sacrifice in the Old Testament and how it might apply to you and me when we gather together to worship as a body of, of Jesus Christ. Before I go on, though, let me tell you this. 
Ryan is absolutely right. He was the one in the testimony. He and Melinda gave that video testimony. He said, worship is not about music. Worship is not about preaching. Worship is about your life. Live for Jesus. And that's absolutely correct. That's on an individual level. We live a life of worship. But I believe the Bible also tells us that when we come together, this is where the power of public, sometimes the word is used corporate praise, really takes effect in our lives. So let's go back and look at some sacrifices. Let's look at how God explained to do these sacrifices and see if it could give us some insight on how we can offer a sacrifice of praise when we come here each weekend. All right? The first thing is this. In the Old Testament, sacrifices were for everybody. Sacrifices were for everybody. God didn't give a loophole and said, some people get out of it, some people get a free pass, you can get a coupon in the paper for a weekend off. It was for everybody, okay? The same thing is true when we come together to worship God. It's for everybody. You know, I think sometimes it's easy for us to fall into the mindset of, I just don't feel up to this today, or, you know, I'm still waking up, and you got your coffee, you know, and I'm just going to stand here while everybody else kind of engages, and maybe after a while I'll get involved. Um, maybe you think, I, you know, I can't sing, and I'll cover that in a minute. I can't sing. I don't want to get involved. I'm going to mess this whole thing up. You know, maybe you come and maybe you, you just didn't understand what's going on. You know, some of you have never been in a church before. That's probably a good thing because you don't have a lot of baggage with that. You come in and you see a band up here, and these guys are amazing musicians, these ladies, and, and you think, wow, that's pretty awesome. I'm just going to stand here and watch them because that's, wow, what, that's really cool. Well, did you realize that what these guys and ladies are doing, we're not presenting a song to you. Did you realize that? We're not up here to, to, to uh, play a song and for you to step back and go, wow, that was cool. Man, you guys rock. Although they do. The reason that we're up here, and this is kind of a funny picture, so uh, you know, forgive me for this picture, but basically what we're up here to do is we're here to be cheerleaders. We're here to be cheerleaders, and we're cheering us on as the team to praise Jesus Christ. Okay? That's the whole rule. I'm not going to wear one of those short skirts, so don't get worried, okay? I, just because we're cheerleaders, all right? Cheerleaders, we're saying, hey, focus on Jesus Christ. Give him your best. Let's get excited about what God has done in our life. Let's praise him for the things that he has done. We got, just got through singing a song in a, minute, a minute ago, Take Me to the Cross. It wasn't a hoo-rah-rah song. It's a song of saying, remind me, God, of what you did for me at the cross. That's praise. You know, we sang a song, Your Name High. I'm living to make your name high. It's a statement that says, God, I'm not just going to stand here and sing. I'm not just going to worship you while I'm at church and raise my hand and say I'm a good Christian. And when I get out there, I'm going to live differently. I'm going to live my life to match up with how I praise you here on the weekend. We are here to cheer you on, to cheer ourselves on and each other on as we worship. In fact, there's this really cool verse. Look over with me at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. I don't hear those pages turning. Ephesians chapter 5, 18. I know you're waiting for it to come up there. This, this might be a good reference. I probably should have brought this up right after the Green Bay Packers illustration. But uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. I find this interesting. Singing uh, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. One translation um, accurately describes it. Singing these songs 
to each other. Isn't that cool? In other words, when we come together, we're not just worshiping. It's not just me and God. You know, I've heard some people say that. And there, that is true in a sense of our, our salvation and our relationship with God is a personal thing. But praise, worship, the, the exaltation of who God is, is a public thing. It's a community thing. Because as I praise God and as I say God is awesome and this is what he's done in my life, I'm not just saying it to him. I'm not just saying it to me. I'm saying it to you. You're saying it to me. You're saying it to that person over there. You see what I'm saying? In other words, together as a team, we are cooperating to give God praise. I think that's pretty awesome. Let's go back to the sacrifices thing. In the Old Testament, sacrifices cost something. I don't know how, how familiar, familiar you are with sacri- the sacrificial system in the Old Testament, but basically here's what God told people. He said, when it's time to sacrifice, I want you to go find the very best of your flock. I want you to go find the very best of your herd. I want you to, to, to bring me the very best. Don't bring me something that is kind of the, uh, you know, the um, bee stock. I don't want you to bring me something that's got a little bit of blemish and maybe you wouldn't be able to sell it anywhere and get full value out of it, so you're going to give it to me. He said, I want your very best. It cost something. I mean, every time they went to sacrifice, it cost them something. Now, let's talk about that in the context of coming to church. We like to, as Americans, we like to kind of have it convenient for us. We don't really want to have to work too hard. Mark has talked about this before. We like to do the very bare minimum, right? That's just kind of how we are. You know, this is how I can, how I can prove this. Have you ever walked up to the mall and um, there's, there's three sets of doors, Right? These over here have handles on them. These over here have handles on them. Which door do you go through? That one in the middle, right? That just goes, lets you walk in, right? You're like, that's the simplest place right there. The path of least resistance. That's what we all do. But you know what? When you come to church, church is not the time to stick it in neutral and lean back and go, okay, what you got for me today? Feed me. It's not. It's going to cost you something if you really want to experience God's power in your life. If you want God to draw close to you as you call on his name, it's going to cost something. The next thing about sacrifices, and I just, I just mentioned it a second ago, they brought their very best. They didn't bring their half best. They didn't bring stuff that was kind of left over. They brought their very best. In fact, over in the book of Malachi, very, the last book of the Old Testament, God said something very interesting to the people of Israel. He said, look, you want me to hear you. You want me to interact with you and step in and help you. But when you guys come to bring your sacrifices, you're bringing me all your defective sheep, all your defective animals. You're bringing me, and I love this, a lame offering. A lame offering. Sometimes that describes how I come into worship. I'll be honest. I bring a lame offering. Sometimes that's probably how, you, how we could describe your attitude as you come into worship. It's kind of your half best, right? Bible says we are to bring our very, very best to God in worship as a sacrifice of praise. The next thing, it requires preparation. A sacrifice required preparation. You see, God said, bring me the best. Can't you imagine, let's say you had 100 sheep out in the field, okay? And God said, hey, don't bring me your second best or your third best or your fourth best. Bring me the best. Well, you know what that's going to take from you? 
you're going to have to go out there and look at all the sheep, right? You're going to have to go spend some time figuring out which one is the best to bring. It took preparation. They had to bring it, and, and you know, at a certain time, they had to think ahead, make sure they were going to be where they were going to be at the right time, be prepared with the sacrifice. I think the same thing's true today. That when we come to church, I'm, this is, I know I'm throwing all kinds of stuff at you. When you come to a weekend service here at New Spring, it's more than a show. I hope it's not a show at all. It's more than that. It's an opportunity for us together to engage in Almighty God. And what I want you to do is I want you to plan ahead. I want you to think. And you say, man, this week, Sunday morning, I'm going to church 915. I'm going to be ready when I get there to put the pedal to the floor and praise God with all my heart. I'm going to be ready to listen to what God has to say to me, and I'm going to apply it to my life. That's really kind of the, the closing the loop for worship right there. We praise God. We tell him how wonderful he is. We ask him, what is it that I'm supposed to do? Then we go out and live it. That completes the cycle for us. Prepare. Say, hey, I'm going to church. I'm going to church to give. I'm going to church to give my whole heart to God as I worship him. It takes preparation. It, sacrifices were both scheduled and they were spontaneous. They were scheduled because God set aside festivals and all kinds of times he said, this is when you bring sacrifices. But it was also possible for somebody just to say, you know what? God has blessed me. I'm going to bring a sacrifice to thank him for what he's done. Same thing's true today in worship. You know, we've got, the, we've got these times scheduled that we worship him. But I know so many of you as well that you worship God spontaneously, and it's so cool. You know, when you're in your car and you're driving down the road and you think, you're starting to think about how God's blessing in your life, how God has, has healed your marriage, or how God has given you favor at work, and you think, God, you're an awesome God. And maybe you just bust out in a praise song, or maybe even you just, just start telling him how awesome he is, and you say, God, this is who you are in my life. I proclaim allegiance to your name. It's scheduled and spontaneous. Let's keep going. It's public. Sacrifices were public. You know, I hear this sometimes. People will talk about all kinds of things, and they'll talk about sports, and they'll talk about the weather, and they'll talk about uh, the business. They'll talk about the economy. When you ask them about faith, they go, that's a private matter. That's just between me and God. Okay, that may be true. Your relationship is between you and God. However, to offer a sacrifice of praise, you have to proclaim allegiance. You can't proclaim allegiance in a closet. You can't proclaim allegiance one-on-one -on -one whispering. It's a public thing, and God has given us this forum to proclaim allegiance to his name. It's a public thing. Sacrifices were public. Can you imagine as all of these thousands of people came to worship with their sacrifices, they would be like in a long line, all with their animals, you know? And, and as I'm standing here, I get to see all the other people ahead of me who are about to sacrifice and the people who are behind me, probably as far as I can see, who are about to sacrifice. And together, we are sacrificing to God to worship him. It's a public thing. The next thing, sacrifices were messy. They were messy. I mean, can you imagine all of the, the, the Bible says that the blood is what covers sin. That's why Jesus shed his blood. And that's why sacrifices had blood to point to the sacrifice that Jesus would make. But can you imagine what these priests must have looked like after they got done with the day of sacrificing? I mean, they would have just been, probably looked like they work at a butcher's shop or something. I mean, just covered in blood, you know, and stuff everywhere. And it was messy. Well, you know what? Let's kind of put that into modern day terms. I told you I was going to get to this. Some of you have told me, I, you know, I'd love to get involved but, uh, and worship and all that when you guys are up there, but um, I can't sing. Well, it's okay because worship is messy. <laughs> okay? Worship is messy. 
I've, some of you have even told me this, and I love this, that, that, you, that you love to sing along with us and, and just praise God with your whole heart. But when you sit down, you, you tap the person on the shoulder in front of you, and you go, hey, I'm just going to warn you in advance. This is going to get a little messy because I'm just going to sing as loud as I can, and I can't sing, all right, because I'm praising Jesus. That's cool, you know? That is cool. And I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again because I think it's worth saying. If you can hear the person behind you and they're off key, there's one thing you need to do. Only one thing. Sing louder. It works every time. All right? Praising God is messy. Sacrifices were for God's pleasure, not the people. Worship is for God's pleasure, not us. I believe we get an incredible amount of benefit out of worshiping. There is no doubt in my mind. But worship is for God. Sometimes we come to church and we, we, we do the, what's in it for me? You know, how do I feel? How do I, what, what do I want to get out of this? Worship is not for us. It's to give God the glory for everything he's done in our life. And the fact that you're sitting here and you're breathing today tells me that you are a blessed person. You have something to praise God for. It's for his glory and not for yours. The final thing is it points to Jesus. Sacrifices pointed to Jesus. They were an illustration of what Jesus was going to do on the cross. And as we worship, as we sing these songs, as we read, as we pray, as we look into his word and we talk, we're pointing to one person. We're pointing to Jesus Christ. Because he is the only one who deserves the attention. That's it. So as we sing, I I challenge you. I just challenge you. Think about what we're doing. Engage. Make it. Make a focused effort to say, God, this is about you. Do you know that God is looking for people who will do this? He's actually looking for people to worship him. Look over in John chapter 4, verse 23. We're going to wrap this up. Jesus was talking to, um, she, he was talking to a Samaritan woman, and he told her this. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Check this out. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. God is looking for people who will pour their hearts out before him. And I believe he's waiting to see that in a person's heart, in their life, and he will draw close to them. I believe if we do these things that we've talked about this morning, every weekend that you come here will be a meaningful experience with God. It won't simply be coming to sit in a pew and to to say, well, I went to church again this week. Instead, it will revolutionize your life. It will change the way that you live. It'll change how, how God ministers and speaks to you in your life. Now, I'm talking to some of you. Maybe you're from a background uh, of religion. And there, to you, church is a certain thing. Church is a place where we are quiet. Church is a place where we sit still. And church is a place where we only do certain things. And, and only those things that are written out, that's what we do. We don't color outside the lines. Let me encourage you with this. God wants our absolute fullest praise. If you look over in Isaiah chapter 6, we're not going to go to that that passage right now, but Isaiah chapter 6, there was a prophet named Isaiah. He saw a vision of the throne room of God. In other words, he got a picture of what it's like around God. You know what he saw? He saw that there was a whole lot of commotion going on. (laughs) 
frankly. In fact, the Bible said there was so much praise in that place that the walls of the temple shook. Things don't shake when stuff's quiet, all right? In the throne room of God, people are praising God. Beings are praising God with all of their might. That's how we're to praise. Does that mean we're never to be quiet before him? No, absolutely not. There are those moments that we stop and that we say, God, you are so awesome. You are so powerful. I, I can't even really take it all in. But I challenge you, if you're from a background that says, this is how I do church, to ask God, God, how can I worship you? How can I truly pour my heart out before you? And then don't worry about what person next to you thinks or the person uh, down the pew from you. I was talking to somebody last night. They said, Lance, when I sing with you guys, man, I just want to get involved. But then I think, man, I'm going to look silly or I'm going to feel kind of dumb. The question is, who's it for? Is it for you? Is it for God? He's done everything for us. I think we can pour our hearts out before him. Why don't we take just a minute and let's pray together and ask God to help us in this area to just learn how to praise him with our whole heart. Father, we love you. You are an amazing God. God, you know how much that I'm trying to learn this in my life of how to praise you, of how to give you my everything and not leave anything behind, to give you 100%. Help each of us in this room, God, as we, as we try to give you back just a small part of what you've given us as we say, God, you're worth our effort, you're worth our focus, you're worth our praise because of what you've done for us. If you're in this room today and uh, you say, hey, this praising thing's interesting and all, but um, I really don't even, I don't even know God. I don't have a relationship with him. I don't know how to praise him. Can I tell you this, that God has gone to great lengths to make a way for you to know him. He sent his son Jesus to this earth to die, to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin. Every one of us had a penalty we couldn't pay. And Jesus paid that penalty. And all that's left is for you to simply tell God that you claim that gift of eternal life, that you know that Jesus paid for your sin, that you recognize that what you've done is wrong and you want to live for him. The Bible says when you do that, you know God. You begin to have a relationship through Jesus Christ. I want to give you a chance to do that today. It's just a simple act of your will. You can say something like this in your heart. We can just pray to him and say, Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that I have sin and I can't have a relationship with God apart from you. Please come into my life and save me. Take over. Show me how to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can all look this way. If you prayed that prayer with me just then, what you did is something so amazing, I I can't even begin to tell you all about it. We've got this little packet, though, that I'd love to give you that kind of would walk you through some of those things that's going to make a difference in your life as you walk with Jesus Christ. If you did that, would you just fill out that Talk to Us card in the worship folder? If you want to, you can mail it to us. uh, Or excuse me, you can drop it in the offering bag, and we'll mail this to you. Or if you don't want to wait, you can take it by New Spring Store right out there. And just give them the card and say, hey, I prayed this morning with Lance uh, to accept Christ. And they'll give you one of these packets, and you can uh, take it and uh, begin that walk with Jesus Christ. Hey, thanks so much for your attention this morning and for not throwing hard things at me. You guys have been awesome.